0: Hey everyone, the episode you're about to listen to is one of the very first ones that we did and the sound recording is not that great.
1: It took us a little bit to hit our stride and we enjoyed these first episodes but they maybe aren't our strongest ones.
0: So we've got some better equipment and honed our skills. The recording quality gets a lot better around episode 10.
1: Stick it out, keep listening. It gets better from here. I'm Ben, and you're listening to the Sound
0: Logic Podcast. This is Mike. Each episode, we discuss one of music's greatest albums from Rolling Stone Magazine's Top 500 list.
1: Brought to you by Two Guys with No Credentials. We've alluded to it before in our previous episodes, but we are both from the province of Ontario. We're both Canadian citizens, and we grew up in a moment in time, I think this is still the case, where Canadian radio stations, Canadian television stations... Were required by law to have a certain amount of Canadian content, and so we grew up listening to Canadian music, uh, watching Canadian media, uh, whether we liked it or not. It had to be there, and I think that that meant that bands like the Tragically Hip, Sloan, um, the Bare Naked Ladies, uh, they rose to prominence in their home country. Uh, mostly because there was this there was this space for them to be given national attention. Um, it's helped along the way with countless other artists, I'm sure. And some of them, sometimes they make the jump. a uh, band like The Bare Naked Ladies, yeah, has been quite successful in the United States. And sometimes they just sort of stay in there in their own context. and i'm I'm never quite sure what it is that that makes that crossover happen, but um, but it's interesting to think about. And so I guess for me, that's why I had this thought, you know, what is the Canadian content on this list here? And uh, so we thought we'd go through quickly and see if we could point out what we can find.
0: Well, they usually call it as the CanCon rules, Canadian content rules. This was a little history on it. This was put into place by uh, Pierre Elliott Trudeau, uh, father of current prime minister Justin Trudeau and he was Trudeau or he was the prime minister back in the 70s and he did a lot to really separate uh Canada in many different ways from the US and one of the ways was culturally and so it was his government that put this into place and it did exactly what you described it allowed Canadian bands to thrive in their own country because they weren't at the time. All they were playing was the popular American or maybe British uh, music and TV shows and all that. And Canadian artists were struggling in their own country. So this was created to help them. And I think it has Canadian artists on this list. There's not many, but I often wonder there's, there are many artists that do very well in their home country but they don't release internationally. So they're beloved in their country and very successful, and everybody knows their songs. And there's a band that I'm thinking of right off the top of my head, and I'm sure you – actually, there's a few, but there's one that I'm thinking of. You're probably thinking of the same one, and that's the Tragically Hip. Everyone in Canada knows who the hip are and a lot of their music. You probably have a few albums uh, if you're Canadian or at least know a lot of their songs, and I, like in America, I think a lot of people wouldn't even know who they are. So this isn't even going to touch the list, even though in Canada they've, you know, had many, many best-selling albums, albums that have hit the top of the Canadian charts, but are virtually unknown. So they're never going to be on this list. But if it was a, yeah. a list that included, like maybe done by a Canadian, including Canadian albums, um, I think they'd be, they probably have a few albums in the top. 20 or even top 10
1: yeah well and and tragically hip do have a cult following here um especially if you're into classic rock you probably know who the hip are a band like sloan who i was really into at a point of my life right uh, has almost no following they would be a band maybe even even more so than the hip that you know, they can they can fill decent sized venues when they tour Canada. Um I saw them play uh mostly empty venue in Washington DC. Like it was me and nineteen people that well, wow. you know, I'm assuming most of us were Canadian. <laughs> it was like there's like uh they they even said at one point, like, Hey everyone, come a little closer. We wanna we wanna feel like there's people here. Was like, oh, <laughs> this is so weird. Uh you know, and I think you know in that same era, they would have been uh you know headlining summer festivals in Canada or, right I don't know if they were i don't know if they were ever big enough to play arenas but but uh certainly smaller uh, larger uh concert halls and things like that.
0: I think they maybe could have done at the height of their popularity a a half or three quarter hockey arena. Sure. The interesting thing for me is now I'm listening to you know classic rock radio stations and they're playing, you know, more songs from the 80s and even into the 90s than they used to play, you know, back in the 90s it was more the 60s and 70s. I'm hearing Canadian bands uh that I've never even heard of before from the that might have had a hit in the 80s, you know, on Oh, interesting. On, yeah, and now I'm they're playing, you know, why are they playing this song over and over again? Why do I have to keep listening to the Headstones, you know, five times a day? <laughs> um and for better or for worse, uh they're getting more radio play and maybe that is a good thing that you get to hear your national music, uh so to speak. I think as a as a Canadian looking at this list and listening to this music, um, we are we are so closely linked to our friends in the U.S. in so many ways. As a country, maybe more so Canada to the U.S. than U.S. to Canada, we're really linked to what happens in the U.S. politically, uh, economically, yeah. socially, and culturally. We very much follow in the footsteps Uh, In a lot of ways. Not to say that it's totally the same, but it's very similar. And we're very much influenced by American music and culture. When I listen to these albums and look at the list, uh, even though most of them aren't Canadian, I recognize them. But I think it's a good example of that, you know, even though we're in another country, that melting pot, giant melting pot of the US, we've kind of got sucked into that. And when you're down in that country, um, you don't really need to go beyond the borders for for your music the whole concept and industry of being an international artist if you don't have a means to distribute your music into another country especially before the days of internet when you can do it with a click of a button our podcast can be listened anywhere in the planet and i'm just a guy sitting right. sitting in my spare bedroom with a laptop uh, <laughs> you know i right. i've got nothing yep. um back in the day you could be recording you know in a Top-notch studio in Canada, uh, stamping out vinyls. And if you don't have a way to distribute it in the U.S., no one's going to hear it down there. So, as a Canadian who loves Canadian music, and I have, you know, a lot of good memories, a lot of Canadian bands that I think have released some amazing albums over the years. I'm thinking about bands, you know, like you talked about Rush, uh, the Guess Who, another amazing band that I think has has uh, influence in the U.S. and people probably would know do people know who the guests who are in the u.s oh yeah absolutely so i mean you know and they're not on the list uh yeah it is it is kind of disappointing i understand why but uh it is kind of sad and there's been so many amazing canadian artists and then other thing i mean you talked about a group called the wrecking crew who was involved in the music industry behind the scenes yeah okay there's another guy from canada who you might have heard of and his name's paul anka and Paul Anka, uh, I think, is a name that people know. Um, he has released like a hundred albums. Okay, he wrote "My Way" for Frank Sinatra, and is behind some huge hits from the fifties and sixties and seventies. Well, maybe not fifties, but but from that era. And uh, people, a lot of people don't know who he is uh, and don't yep. know what his contribution is. And more importantly to me, don't know that he's Canadian. He's from our nation's capital. He's from Ottawa. Yep. Uh, so, um, you know, you get a lot of people behind the scenes who are Canadian, but don't really get the notoriety. So, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of disappointing to not see them there. But um, I guess we'll just have to deal with it.
1: So there have been, as we've mentioned, some some bands that have crossed over. Um, but I'm assuming that there are. A number of bands since i left canada uh (laughs) 18 years ago something like that now uh to go to college who have you know like sloan have stayed have have had great success in canada but i've probably never heard of them i'm curious if you could uh if any come to mind i remember this is several years ago now uh, i remember somehow catching wind of the canadian rock band the trues Hmm. and Sending a message back to our mutual friend Jeff and saying like, "Hey, have you ever heard of these guys?" And He's like, "Where have you been? They're on the radio all the time." Yeah, and um, and I was just like, "What?" You know, I, I, that was one of the many realizations that I had sort of lost my Canadian way. Uh, but uh, but uh, yeah, are there others that um, for our American listeners that have been big in the last fifteen to twenty years that? That we've probably not heard of here in the United States.
0: Yeah, a couple that that come to mind. Um, first, I'll go and say one that is on the list, but but still, you might not too many American listeners listeners might know is our, the Arcade Fire, um, who have done mm, very yeah. well both in Canada
1: and the U.S. They and in the U.S.
0: and I think they I think in the 2012 revision they made it on this list. Uh, so right. that's one. Um, another band that that I've loved for a long time, and uh, we're going to have a connection in a few albums to the Rolling Stones, where we were, both saw them live at a big benefit concert they did in Toronto in 2003. Another guy was just starting out. He had just released his first album. Um, that's Sam Roberts, now called the Sam Roberts Band. We're now about 15 years later, and he's released six albums. Yeah. Uh, and they are they are incredible really good music great Uh, the first album is is a an amazing debut album great simple songs that are easy to listen to good uh, just straight up and down rock and roll and then uh, they really evolve as a band and uh, we saw him my wife and I went on one of our anniversaries Uh, they just released their fourth album and we saw them live the second of a of a back-to-back doubleheader at uh, Massey Hall in Toronto, and it was hands down uh, the best concert I've ever been to. Oh wow! It's a seated music hall, uh, but we didn't need them uh, because everybody stood the whole time. He had everyone up dancing, singing, clapping. Um, it was just it was just a blast. Really, really good. So Sam Roberts is one you got to check out. Um, Another band that's doing really, really well right now in Canada. And it's just, we've talked about how long it takes bands to release albums. This, These guys are doing, like, at least one every other year. I think maybe more than that. And that's a band called The Arkells. And I don't know if you've heard of The Arkells yet, Ben. I have not. Oh, man. Oh, really? Oh, wow. They've released, I think they're on hmm. their fifth or sixth album in the last less than 10 years. Uh, they're making a ton of music and it's really really good music they've got a great song out now called uh people's champ which uh, may have allusions to a certain prominent political figure right now uh, but you'll have to listen to it to find out if uh, if that's true or not <laughs> uh but the arkells are another one that in canada are just all over the place you hear them everywhere uh, but again uh, I don't think they're releasing internationally so yeah you haven't heard yeah. of them but uh, definitely worth a check out there's a lot uh those are the ones that come to mind i mean every local scene and even uh even in a certain state or province will have their little bands that are popping up but on a national sure. level level that's sort sure. of well, certainly the trues have been around you mentioned them they've been around for a while
1: Doing very well. Well, let's go through this list then and oh, see, yeah. um, you know, who are the sure. Canadians on this list, and uh, and then what are the glaring omissions? We've already pointed out a couple of them, but I bet there are more uh, as we go through. Um, your your incredible partner Nora mentioned that uh, she wanted to guest host. For the first female solo artist who's at number 30, she also is the very first Canadian yep. on the list, and that's Joni Mitchell. So she she's the highest-ranking female solo artist and highest-ranking Canadian on this list uh, at number yep. 30. The band shows up on this list a number of times, and they're right there behind... Joni Mitchell at number 34 with their album, uh, Music from the Big
0: Pink. Right. The the band, Uh, I want to make a comment here. The band is often considered an American band, but of the five main members, only one of them is American, and that's the late Levon Helm. But everyone else, uh, Hmm. Robbie Robertson, Garth Hudson, who I think is from the Guelph area in Ontario, uh, Rick Danko, Richard Manuel, they're all... uh, they're all canadians as far as i know
1: i've i've not really gotten into the band ever in my life so yeah. i'm looking forward there's a couple of albums here um 30 34 was music from the big pink and then 45 is uh the band's self-titled album so there's a couple there that we'll get to here in the next several months i guess <laughs> it'll it'll take us a little while but we'll get to them eventually huh. following that we've got uh some Neil Young yeah. in here. Where's, where's the first? Any... Where's
0: the first time Neil Young well, shows like 74 up?
1: It's like seventy four after the Gold Rush. Do you see any before that? No, I think that? that's the
0: one I saw. Yeah, Neil Young.
1: Uh, Neil Young, I think
0: at this point in his life, is an American really? citizen, but grew up in Canada and is was born a Canadian citizen. And uh,
1: fairly politically yes. outspoken, and you can tell when he speaks that he uh, he <laughs> he likes the political yep. climate in Canada. A bit better than where yeah. he now resides. Uh, I, if, I resonate. If,
0: if he uh, if he liked it that much, why wouldn't he move back?
1: <laughs> Good question.
0: <laughs> and I ask that same question to myself sometimes. I, I was more asking uh, Neil Young because he uh, <laughs> may, may have a little yeah. more freedom to do so. But anyway,
1: um, he he's at number seventy four and number eighty two with "After the Gold Rush" and then uh, "Harvest" album. Yep. Let's See after that. Uh, Joni Mitchell at 113. Yep. Uh, The album's called Court and Spark. That's one I'm not familiar with. I am familiar with the highest ranking one, Blue. Um, So that'll be fun to explore if we ever make it that far.
0: Yeah. One before that, I'll just just note this because I remember seeing him, um, The Mamas and the Papas, uh, one of the vocalists, because that's uh, a, a quartet of singers, one of the vocalists, Uh, Denny Doherty was Canadian.
1: Oh, I think we've got to say that's a Canadian content. Yeah. Uh, sure. (laughs) I
0: I think, I think based on how many there are is, uh, on the, on the list
1: that we can do that. So it'd be interesting to figure out, does that count in the, uh, Canadian content on Canadian radio and TV? Based. Have a single (laughs) person.
0: Based on how much I don't hear it, I'm going to say no. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it doesn't count. <laughs> Is Kanye West Canadian?
1: <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Let's see. All the way down to 147, then, we get uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young to have uh,
0: <laughs> Okay, one yeah. of the
1: four there. The, we'll uh, D- we'll, call, that the, we'll there. call that the the Mamas and the Papas rule,
0: Uh right? there's one there.
1: <laughs> and they're followed pretty close by Arcade Fire's funeral, which we already mentioned. Right. And that would have been an an addition
0: from from the 2012 revision.
1: I noticed when I was going through this list the other day that in uh, adding the Arcade Fire, one of the albums that got the axe in that revision was Alanis Morissette. So maybe they do have some Canadian content in mind. and They're like, ooh, if we get rid of Alanis, we better add one more back in. Uh,
0: And and that's um, frustrating to me because that was, I don't know about in the U.S., but I know that that was a very successful album internationally. Yeah. And as one of the very few female artists, I'm really disappointed that they bumped that because I think most people in the U S and Canada will know at least ironic and probably a few other songs from that album. And it was a huge album in the nineties yeah. and, and to make it not only to the original cut and then to get, to get bumped after that, I, I really disagree. I guess since we're not going to talk about it cuz it's not technically on the list anymore, I could talk about it now.
1: Well, no, we we can talk about it if we ever make it through this list. I think we need to go through the albums that were cut.
0: If we get impatient as sometimes might happen between episode releases <laughs> and just decide to <laughs> Sure. just to plug in and record something, we'll do we'll do one of those and I don't mind doing yeah. that at all because I really it was an album that I had uh shortly yeah. after it came out and yeah. really really I don't know if I really enjoyed it uh, or enjoyed Alanis because I haven't really been into her music after that, but there was something about that album and those songs. It was full of that young teen angst. And even though I couldn't resonate with some of the uh, more explicit (laughs) relational analogies that were being displayed lyrically, there was something about just kind of being just mad for the sake of being mad and angry, (laughs) uh, was, was kind of fun. And, uh, Musically, it's uh, yeah. I think it I think it's a good album, and I'm disappointed that it got pumped
1: I think it was very significant here. Uh, Meredith and I have been watching through uh, CNN's decade series that they released. Uh, okay, I think they started with the '60s. They did a mini series on the '60s, a mini series on the '70s, the '80s, and just recently Netflix started streaming the uh, the series on the '90s, and in the episode. On music, they specifically point out the way that Alanis sort of introduced this wave of female artists,
0: right? And, oh, for uh, sure.
1: And how how well selling that album was. Uh, they talked about she had she had almost given up her career. It was like I'm never going to make it in this world. Rather than trying to be a pop star, why don't I just write about my struggles? And something clicked with everyone who heard it. Yeah, it's definitely culturally relevant, and yeah, I would say it doesn't deserve to get bumped off this no. list. What do we got after that? Let's see. We we go, I guess, all the way down then to two ten. Neil Young's back. Uh, Neil Young with Crazy Horse. Uh, everybody knows this is nowhere. Number two ninety five is uh, Leonard Cohen's "Songs of Love and Hate." So that'll right. be fun to get to. Neil Young checks back in at three 30 with, uh, tonight's the night. I'm not seeing any more from the list. It looks like, uh, Alanis is the only one that I can see of those that were cut who, um, would have added to that Canadian content. Um, it'll, it'll be really great to pay attention to whether or not Paul Anka's name shows up. Um, for any of these uh, as we go along. There are also some other Canadian aspects that uh, I'm sure we'll mention when we get to these albums. Uh, U2 is produced a couple of times by Daniel Lanois, who is, uh, I believe, French-Canadian. Yeah, pretty sure. He and um, Brian Eno uh, do a lot of work together. Right. And Brian Eno actually has an album on here, so it would be interesting That's to right. see in the liner notes if uh, Daniel Lanois is is a part of that project at all. It's been more apparent as we started this project that, that this list really is not just based on album sales. I think, uh, it'll be fun to talk about this with Nora, but, uh, women specifically, I think about the top selling female artists of all time. People like, uh, Madonna seems fairly underrepresented on this list. She has like one or yeah. two albums, I think. And this may say more about, um, genre, but Mariah Carey is not on here at all. I think she's like the third best selling female artist right. of all time. Yeah. Um Celine Celine Dion, Gloria C- Stefan. I don't think right. they're on there at all. Oh Celine would add another uh Canadian to the list too if she were For sure and and I think uh deservedly so. So what are the what are the glaring omissions then? Um we've mentioned the guess who uh we've mentioned Celine Dion now. Um, are there other artists that you think of right away as like Canadian icons that, that also have some some uh, clout in the U.S.? Yeah, I've been trying to. Th- Nickelback, of course, would be the one that really should be. <laughs> you know what? Hey,
0: if this album's based on, if this list is based on sales, they definitely should be on because they have been extremely successful. Yeah. Have have uh, sold or internationally. Very successful, sold a heap, sold a heap ton of albums, and are nowhere to be seen on this list. That
1: would that would apply to the Bare Naked Ladies too. They have been very oh, successful. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't know that genre-wise, they don't quite click with this Rolling Stone rock focus list, and that also makes me, I think, um, more willing to forgive them for not including an, a, a Canadian icon. Like uh, Gordon Lightfoot, for instance, um, yep. you know, he is a, a musician that is beloved across North America. But I think because he's a little bit more folky, perhaps that's the reason why he's not included in a list like this.
0: There are some artists that are from maybe the, the 40s and 50s that are kind of yeah. just um, more folky kind of a starting point i think for a lot of people and i think if he was american yeah. Stomp and tom connors would be on this list because he is another kind of yeah. maybe not someone you listen to all the time but someone you definitely know who he is and know that he was kind of one of the early you know folk rock pioneers in our country um and yeah. probably a lot of our american friends would know the good old hockey game uh, as a tune uh,
1: only if they're hockey fans. Well, that's, that's at least a few million people. <laughs> um, a few million. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. Shania Twain would be another one oh, that, yeah. uh, has just a incredible international recognition and is not on this list at all. Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah. You know, if we need some more, uh, female content as well. Um, yeah. Uh, another surprise for me was Brian Adams not showing up on this list. Uh, for sure, uh, maybe he's not quite right genre wise, but uh, that oh, was, a absolutely. As I was Some, going Through
0: Summer '69 and and stuff like that, like huge hits. Yeah, have we already talked about there's, Rush? We haven't talked about Rush yet.
1: <laughs> I was, was going to just say there's <laughs> a band that starts with the letter R that uh, I think you feel especially strongly about. Rush that glaring omission.
0: Rush started producing albums in 1974 uh very much influenced by Led Zeppelin and their early their first album it definitely sounds like it and then they went kind of totally into their own sound from there they they toured consecutively for the next thirty years and didn't miss a year on the road um, and kept producing albums right through uh till into the early '90s, they were doing at least an album every other year, sometimes more. And uh, now have finished, but but were touring. They did a 40th anniversary tour, um, and toured a little bit after that. And I think they had to stop because of Neil Pert just couldn't physically do it anymore. I think he had some compounding issues from drumming so furiously for <laughs> decades. And if you've ever wow. seen uh, Neil Pert, drum, you know that that can't be easy. (laughs) Um, But still, I mean, you'll you'll know Closer to the Heart. You'll know Tom Sawyer. You'll know those songs, I think, just about anywhere in Canada or the US. And I think you're right that you might not know a specific album, but you'll know some songs. I think A Greatest Hits. But they... See, they haven't released A Greatest Hits. They've released some... Decade anthologies Like they've released You know Rush Anthology 1 Which was the 70s And then Anthology 2 Which was the 80s I don't think they've done A 90s one yet But there's a lot of songs there There's bands On here That I've never heard of Yeah Okay and I'm not the be all and end all when it comes to music, but I have listened to a lot of music. And there's, right. I think, it takes a little while before we get to one of those. But, uh, but there are bands that I I am not familiar with at all. So I yeah. would say at least Moving Pictures should be on here somewhere. You yeah. know, if we can have uh, four albums by Roxy Music on the original 2003 list, you gotta at least have room for one Rush album. Come yeah. on. You know, do you know who Roxy Music is? Because I sure didn't. Nope, still no, don't. So four four albums, four, yeah. and you and I don't even know who they are. And yeah. I'm not saying they're not great because they could be awesome. <laughs> uh,
1: no spoilers.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: They're not. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. but especially for a sort of rock focused list, it oh feels yeah. Like it they would be a perfect fit here. It's not like they're absolutely it's not like they're oh, naked ladies sure. where where you can tell, you know, they're they're just they're not a great genre fit for this. Sure. But uh, I get that. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. yeah, I mean, I think those are some those are some of the big ones. Um Yeah. And even other, you know, as we've get into the 20th century, other really big pop acts. What about Justin Bieber? Yep. Drake? Uh what uh Drake? Um uh Avril Lavigne? yeah uh some huge acts out of canada and i know that there's not a lot of real more recent pop on this list and we could well, i'm sure we'll debate at some point they put on so much you know there's kanye there's eminem there's a, but there's not like what about a huge selling artist like britney spears or yep. yep you know or christina aguilera or 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 maybe one of the really big uh male vocalists like Robbie Williams or in the in the UK he is like you know second to God and the Beatles. Right. Yeah. Uh they love him over there. Absolutely adore him and he's huge. And right. what about um like uh like an Enrique Iglesias? Yeah or or Ricky Martin? You know, like yep. I know we're getting away from the Canadian thing, but just to prove a point that there's there's just this is a neat list, and it's a—it's certainly very interesting, and can spawn a lot of conversations. But it really—it misses on a lot of points.
1: Yeah, I agree with that, and uh, I think that will be a point of contention as long as we stick with this project. Um, it's a bit surprising to me. I, I understand that Rolling Stone is primarily uh, has primarily been focused on the artists that are on this list in that sort of space, but they also tell themselves as more than just music, but the culture of music, which mm-hmm. I think includes all of those artists you just mentioned. Uh, and, and you know, their magazine includes those artists. So it seems yeah. silly then to, to have a list that, that is a bit more narrow than, than what their magazine focuses on. Again, it, it, it may have just been the time it may have been, the uh, the people they polled it may have been some pressure to you know sort of keep it with the classic rock story who knows but um, since we began this I'm I'm sort of half tempted to uh, buy one of the original issues either from 2004 or 2012 (laughs) and uh, apparently there's also a book that accompanied the first list. Yes. Uh, that I would be interesting to, to see. Maybe, maybe our local library has one. I don't know.
0: I think it'll come up again. Uh, you know, this kind of, this idea of what's, what's on it, what should be on it, what should be on it. I mean, that's the whole point of doing this. Um, but, you know, yeah, as obviously the two of us being Canadian and, and me still living in Canada, you know, it Canadian music is close to my heart. And, uh, I, I wish that there could be more of it on here and it's interesting because there as you know this it's an American based magazine but there is a lot of British music on this list. Yep. Um we're we're going to see that as we go through and even again some bands that I'm not familiar with at all that are British. So why are they on it? But the Canadian bands aren't. Why is there a reason that British bands and American bands were more international? Or well, well, since it's American-based, let's say British bands are more international than Canadian bands. Why is that? Um, I'm I'm sure sure there are a lot of really good reasons, uh, uh, but you know it's interesting. And yeah, it's too bad. But you know maybe uh, maybe there's some Australians or or Germans or Mexican people who want to chime in on this because you are also uh, poorly under, uh, grossly underrepresented. Yep. Although there might be more German artists on this list than Canadians,
1: or maybe it's just maybe it's just craft work. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I don't think I'm the person to be answering that question. <laughs> we'll call Stephen for that. Yeah, I mean, we do need to say that um, aside from people in the Beatles, Stones, or named Dylan, Springsteen, or Clapton, Neil Young is the next on that list with the most appearances on this list. So there is a Canadian sort of, you know, right in that second tier of uh, frequency of showing up here. It still just feels like, you know, Neil Young and a few others instead of the robust. uh, Well, yeah, there's,
0: as we discussed, you know, there there are artists that we, Canadian artists that we love, that are beloved, that uh, maybe don't have a place on this list. But there are a lot of artists that really, I think, do. Uh, Apples to apples definitely have Mm -hmm. a spot on this list for sure. And I think they were overlooked. And as we discussed with um, Pet Sounds, which is number two, it's not just about album sales. Right. Because they, you know, uh, compared to some albums, maybe did a lot. But compared to a lot of the albums that are high up on this list, they didn't really sell very much. Um, Mm -hmm. And especially considering it's been out for over 50 years and uh,
1: some albums get to that point, you know, within a few years. This is not a list of the greatest artists. This is the greatest albums. Right. And so for a band like Rush that has some really great songs, but their albums are all kind of weird. Hey, uh, hey, 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 hey. (laughs) It takes a greatest hits album to have like from beginning to end songs, that have you know popularity at radio play or something like that. Well, and there are um, some
0: there are some greatest hits albums on this list.
1: There are, and I'm excited to talk about that at some point because I'm not sure why there are. But well, there was no
0: stipulation on what the list is. I'd say that it had to be a studio album. It's just a great album. If a, a live album is a great album, and there are some great live albums. I know right off the top of my head. When you say live album, I think uh, Peter Frampton. Frampton uh Frampton Comes Alive is like always listed as one of the one of the best live albums ever
1: I think I only count uh 12 albums with Canadian content so 12 out of 502 percent or something like that so boo boo <laughs> boo is right I think that's a, <laughs> that's the note to end on tonight
0: so uh we're disapprove of the canadian content on this list but nonetheless we are gonna baby shark definitely a baby shark uh, seal of (laughs) approval 100 cool well um we we hope you enjoyed this kind of uh in between discussion and uh, hope you'll join us as we discuss album number three on the list beatles revolver coming up next